because it's the Chats Kids. Here we are. Welcome to a new Chats podcast. Should you be watching? Should you watch? Should you, should you consider checking out? No, should you watch? That's the show. I think that's it, Magellan. Hi, welcome. I'm Alan. That's Magellan. Chats, should I watch? Chats, I have a lot of free time on my hands, and there's too many new shows out there. Should I Chats, watch? there's too much. I don't know to watch. Chats is far too much. Uh, and we, yeah, we watched some of it, the thing that you're thinking of right now, and we're going to tell you if you should too or not. And we want to do this, I don't know, once in a while, once a month. We're testing it out, seeing what people think. So let us know if this is a thing that you want to hear more of. Yeah, it's a new format, somewhat new new format for us um, because we noticed that we don't cover a lot of uh, like currently airing and, and super modern TV shows. Part of our format is that we like to cover stuff that's done and and has been discussed in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't that means that we don't always get to hit the television zeitgeist. Um, so as part of our 2022 plan, we're looking at new shows with Should You Watch, uh, and our first installment of Should You Watch is going to be about the 90s high school soccer team mystery drama Showtime series Yellow Jackets. Uh, Yellow Jackets, again, is about a high school soccer team in New Jersey, uh, a girls high school soccer team who find themselves stranded in the Canadian wilderness in 1996. And it follows uh, the main members of the soccer team, uh, as well as the ones who survived their 19 month trip into the wilderness uh, into 2021 and how they cope with you know, being survivors of this huge traumatic event. Um, the show was uh, created by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. And as mentioned before, it is airing on Showtime. And some of the big names on the cast include Melanie Linsky, Juliette Lewis, Tawny Cypress. And uh, that's the main ones that I was. Oh, and Christina Ricci, of Christina course. Christina Ricci, come on. The legend herself. And Sophie Thatcher, who plays Teen Natalie, by the way, uh, with a also starring role in the also currently airing uh, Book of Boba Fett, which is pretty cool. She's, she's wow. Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> bold, bold casting choice. Incredible. Really progressive and, and big, big name there. <laughs> so, Magellan, we don't, like I said, we don't watch a lot of uh, modern television. I think on a yeah. recent chats episode, you literally said, or on a, on a, me, pilot, no pilot chats, you were like, I don't watch TV. <laughs> 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 Can you care care to speak more on that? Uh, Yeah, I feel like in the years since we started doing chats, I've watched less and less television. (laughs) I don't really know how to explain that other than I feel like I save TV shows for the podcast and I spend my TV watching on shows we're watching for this and then any other watching that I do, I tend to want to watch things that I don't have to like wonder about critiquing so like youtube videos and stuff like that um and i just don't really care about following what current shows are on um so i was content to you know go watch twin peaks on the showtime website and get all these ads for yellow jackets and say that seems interesting and then just never watch it my whole life uh but instead we watched some of it and i'm glad we did because i enjoyed it yeah, it was definitely out of our comfort zone a little bit, and I think that was what propelled me to it as well. Um, I was attracted to this show by a couple of factors, one being uh, it definitely was giving off strong Lost vibes. Um, listeners of Chats will know that Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time, and a bunch of strangers or friends 
um, surviving on an island together and learning about each other and how to cope with that uh, is just a recipe for success, as well as a uh, time-bending mystery. The first episode uh, kind of sets the stakes for all these characters and how that how they um, find themselves together and what their relationships are with each other. Um, but in terms of answering the ultimate question of should you watch, I think we're going to have to break this up into a couple of different segments, which will be clearly demarcated for those who want to avoid spoilers because with modern yeah. shows, we have to in be really show, careful in the show notes, yeah. Check yes. Show notes. Um, so we can start with a sort of general should you watch for people. Yeah. And then we'll go into like what you can expect from the pilot episode or if you just mm-hmm. watch the pilot. Uh, and then we've both seen the first five episodes. So correct. that's correct. what that's what we'll eventually speak to later in this episode. Um, and we'll maybe try to guess at uh, what happens in the rest of the season. But we haven't seen the whole season, just the first five episodes. Right. The first five letting us sort of get more into a like theorizing about the show and digging into themes and bigger ideas and the pilot being more similar to our Patreon show pilot chats, which um, people who follow our Patreon over at patreon.com slash chats pod will know is uh, a fun format that we've been doing for a while. Mm -hmm. So overall elevator pitch Magellan, do you think people should watch yellow jackets? I think the thing that I was struck by, uh, I think all those things are there that you were describing, right? Of like, you get to see these different time periods kind of interacting with each other and you get a lot of rich dramatic irony seeing the characters as adults and as teenagers and how they're similar or different. Um, There's definitely a lot of what's going on here, things not being said um, that's intriguing and is going to propel you week to week. I was feeling a little bit of that feeling of like, is all modern TV just like cliffhanger and now here's another thing and here's another breadcrumb and there's a a little bit of that going on um and so your mileage with that is going to vary and i think the other thing is the show can get kind of gory especially the pilot um yes so that's just something to be aware of but those caveats aside um i think the cast is great i think that the choice of focusing on this like girls soccer team and also the choice of looking at this group of middle-aged women who are like figuring out their lives and in some cases seeing that their lives have not become what they hoped they would be and what do they do about that like it's rare that you see one woman in her 40s wrestling with those questions on screen it's unheard of that you see for doing mm-hmm. that um and so i think that's really worth that's really worth talking about and and watching um and it's also just really funny i think the show has a lot of really funny bits too so i i would recommend it i would say watch the first two episodes if you're willing to give it a shot cuz again the first one was like a little gory for my taste and i was a little turned off from it and then I watched the second episode and those that stuff was still there but it kind of mellowed out um so yeah what about you what do you think yeah I I think it's not the height of like dramatic television I don't think it's going to like change anybody's life uh you know necessarily but uh it does what it's trying to do extremely well uh it establishes its time periods really effectively and uh they manage to portray the 90s in a way that feels uh both loving and also like 
sometimes pretty grounded and realistic. Um, and and also just like but what teen life is. also satirical at times too. Yes, yes. Um, in a way that's like very knowing. Um, and I think, you know, we'll get into this as we talk about some of the main characters, but an overall ev- elevator I pitch for knowing whether you would want to watch the show besides like, can you get over a little bit of violence and the the things that inherently come with watching a show about people surviving in the woods. Like you're going to see people like, you know, with like injuries, like serious injuries from their plane crash. And you're going to see like uh, people like hunting for food and water. And if that's stressful, uh, stressful to you, then you probably don't want to watch this. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that there is a really rich thematic core in this series that hasn't been talked about a lot by critics, which is that um, the 1996 plot in a way uh, it's a growing up story. It's about like lost innocence and lost youth. It is mm-hmm. also a story about people who had a chunk of their childhood ripped away from them by circumstance, which mm-hmm. weirdly lines up really well. Not weirdly, obviously, uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Um, and that was a, that was an idea that like clicked in my head around like, I don't know halfway through the episodes that we watched where I was like, oh, they, because what happens is like I said, we said they are gone for 19 uh, months just like a year, a little over a year and a half. And mm. then they come back and people are just like, all right, that was weird. Move on with your lives and go be adults now. And yeah. nobody seems comfortable talking about the trauma. Like that's this inherent trauma that all these women have, the ones who survived. And a mm-hmm. big com- thematic core is like, but what happened? And like, yeah. what did you go through? And nobody seems like everybody wants to know, but they're not comfortable talking about it. And I definitely yeah. think that reminds me of like, high school kids and college students especially realizing like oh i just didn't i just didn't have college yeah. um and i just have to tell people that for years and years to come and and like cope with that as an adult now uh mm-hmm. which is ends up being what some of the 2021 stuff is about mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah i think to to we can sort of pivot now to speaking freely about things that are in the pilot episode so mm-hmm. at this point you've either seen the pilot or you're okay with us spoiling it um I think for me, tonally, what's what's really interesting about the show is like a big selling point is what you're describing of you then like there's another world where the the movie about a high school girl soccer team that crash lands in the Canadian wilderness and has to survive for 19 months is like the movie. Right. Yes. Uh, and that's the story that you follow and you follow it from the beginning to the end and you just are watching these girls and their coach uh, trying to make it uh, over the course of this time. And by including the future stuff, you're sort of creating this story that's about like, why do we accept when those stories like end and the characters walk off into the sunset? They, they, this is going to be with them for the rest of their lives. And it's almost to the point where like, it's hard to suspend your disbelief at times that like that. I don't know that just that like everybody in their lives is like, Oh yeah, you were one of those girls that got lost for almost two years. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Right. And do you eat any people out there? <laughs> and it's like, this feels so unreal. Um, and it's fundamentally calling into question the like things that we do suspend our disbelief for when we watch, movies or tv shows yeah it's it in that way it reminds me a lot like the 2021 plot reminds me a lot of uh an an hbo show that i love very much which is the leftovers 
mm-hmm. um, which is again about like adults coping with a like international trauma that it seems like people, some people want to talk about it and some people just want to move past. Um, and the ways that they talk about it are all different and unique. And yeah, like I think Shauna's plot sets up in the pilot that like she's the character who survived and like feels okay with certain parts of it, but is just like pushing down so much worry and wants to just like be a freaking stay at home mom and do the mom thing. And it does not work for her because she missed a huge chunk of her life and, and had to clearly go through a lot. Um, I think that stuff really works well, but I think also like what the pilot set up for me was that they are going to have a little bit of fun with the nineties stuff. Um, especially because this pilot, they don't even get into the wilderness until the end of it. So you get a mm-hmm. lot of needle drops. How did you feel about all the yeah. needle drops? Um, it, it felt like it was, they were doing a gag, which I yeah. think is part of the point. Like, I, I think this is kind of a send up of like, survival horror type thing or like ensemble teen nineties movies. Uh, you know, this show is very aware of, of that source material and is kind of doing it and then taking sharp left turns and doing things like, you know, Taisa breaking the girl's leg and in soccer practice and stuff like that where it's just like, Oh, and now this is horrible. (laughs) And this is like really scary. And the and the pilot does a good job of reminding you like that stuff's really horrible in the in in the nineties, but like let's occasionally jump to what seems like the end of their time in the wilderness or a late period where it's like the, everybody has like weird uh, outfits like leather outfits on and their faces are covered and they're like burning a body and clearly like eating what is almost definitely a human body. Yeah, it's like, that we see like acts of cannibalism not even it, i i don't think that's even up for debate <laughs> like, right they trap a person and eat them and so when i when i said earlier like in terms of should you watch like based on the pilot you're gonna see not only gonna see acts of cannibalism but it's a like hovering it's a sort of damocles over the entire show because of right. the pilot you're like okay no matter how good of friends they are, at some point they're gonna engage in cannibalism because right. that's what the the pilot told us. And you know you have to trust to take the show on its own rules. So right. that hovers over the entire show. And if you're not into that, then definitely you probably need to check out because it's gonna happen. I think. <clears throat> um, yeah, but like otherwise, I think the pilot is is a little bit lighter than the rest of the um the stuff like the season. Um, I think the pilot sets you up for a like wacky ensemble cartoon show and and like being about growing up but it knows when to be serious um Uh it's establishing all of the characters roles really well i think like jackie in particular has a meeting with one of like the principal or the coach who's like hey you need to be the leader type and you need everybody to trust you and listen to you and i don't care if you're not good at soccer i just need you to be good at that and Mm -hmm. i think ella purnell who plays uh jackie here really captures that like I I'm 16 or whatever. Like I don't know how to lead myself, you know. <laughs> right. And right. she's deeply afraid of that, but you the viewer because you know that this is a show where they're going to get stranded are like how does that anxiety translate into the into the wilderness? Yeah. What is I, that going to look like for her? Yeah, I think also something that the framing device does in terms of like your dread is first of all like you're saying it it shows it shows the result of there's someone who is 
eaten by other people. And then it also shows you the people who are alive in 2021. And then you're you're starting to match up like, okay, that's Shauna in the present. That's Shauna in the past. Oh, that's Thaisa. Okay, uh, this is Nat. And then you're wondering, okay, but what about Jackie? What about the other characters? What about Lottie? What about Lottie? What about... Laura Lee? Right. What about Akila? What about Vanessa? <laughs> and... The whole, so now the show isn't the normal survival horror thing of like, who's going to survive? It's the question of like, why haven't I seen them in 2021? Did they die? Are they dead? What, what, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's a pretty fun twist on, on that. That kind of presents the same, the same sense of fear, but in a slightly different way. Right. And it, it uses the cuts to the present really, really sharply. And that's something that yeah. you'll like that you just also have to get into with the show is it's pacing of like, okay, this 90 scene is really good. Okay. Actually now we're just going to hard cut to 2021 and this scene's a little bit boring, but give it two minutes and we'll be right back there. Like you never stay in one time period for too long. Um, mm -hmm. which is where I think it differentiates it itself from stuff like lost where it's like, you know, lost did the same thing, but the scenes were a lot longer. Like the past mm -hmm. scenes were longer and would cut back and forth and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I remember like everybody I've talked of, to. Yeah. Sorry, it's also kind of like a reverse lost, right? Where mm -hmm. we're cutting forward to after being stranded instead of giving the context. Instead of giving context to us being stranded, being stranded is the context to the rest of us. Right. You feel like the 90s is the base of the show and the rest of it is exploring like the future of that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of this is com conveyed through just like camera work, which I think is really cool um like it's and it's pretty subtle for a show of this caliber and of this type is like sometimes you just have to put together that like what i just saw was clearly shauna because of a match cut like i, right. I the show never said that yeah and um, the costuming even things like misty having the same glasses and you're like okay that i completely understand exactly that that's the same person and we established some more relationship stuff in the pilot you know shauna uh is a very like bitter mom in the present. She uh, has a Gen Z daughter who sucks. Uh, <laughs> Taisa is in local government and she's also a queer yeah, woman. She's running to be a state senator. And, yeah. and right away you get the sense, like immediately they're like, that's what's so good about this pilot, right? Is it, it characterizes like, uh, here's Taisa. She you know wants to identify herself in the present, but she's clearly closeted in some way, like about her personality or her, how she identifies and then in 2021, it's like, oh, I just I, I can be out and about and do that. But it's like a it's a bullet point on my campaign now. The photography are like doesn't have anything to show. Like, can you guys show more affection? And then they they kind of like turn off their like the, their presentation part of their brain and just like are a, uh, a married couple for a minute and they kiss. And the photographer is like, oh, yeah, that's that's two queer black women right there. That's the thing I put on the magazine photo shoot. And it's like you can well, tell that said, this like, is a thing. He says like you're the you're the queer Kamala or something like that. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like a weird <laughs> weird line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's she's yeah. having a, a sort of identity like pushed for her, uh, and yeah. you sense that like discomfort in the present in in 2021. Um, yeah, which I think is really interesting. And then uh, again, yeah, you're just like, wait, where is it? Why are some of these people like not in the present? Are they dead? Are they not going to show them to us to us yet? I have theories mm -hmm. about that. Um, 
But I think, yeah, overall, we just get a really, this is a really good ensemble. I love the ch- the choice to have Laura Lee, who is the Christian one, uh, who gets made fun of mostly in the pilot as just like, she's the blonde Christian girl. Uh, mm. I've known girls like this <laughs> straight up. Like <laughs> she's not, she's not played. It's played as a joke, but in the sense of like everyone else is ignorant. She's not like annoying about it. It's just like, okay. Yeah. She's like very spiritual and religious, but people are also mean because teen teenagers are mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Shauna's daughter is really like mean and Jackie and Shauna have this like really fascinating relationship that I think we can speak to more in a bit, but like there's something yeah. there. Yeah, there's some sort of subtext staring at you from across the thing. It feels very like uh, a separate piece, you know. Ooh, okay, okay. Where the where the one boy is so obsessed with and like kind of jealous of the other boy that he pushes him out of the tree, but he probably also is in love with him. I think the other thing that the show is doing in the way that it characterizes. Um, pretty much everybody in the main cast is it's kind of doing this Agatha Christie thing of like anybody could be the murderer or whatever it is. And so the cannibal or whatever. Right. Yeah. And Shauna and Thaisa meet in a diner and are like, did you tell this reporter? Like, is someone going to leak? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. This is like what (laughs) an organized thing. And you're all keeping secrets. And, uh, Shauna can just like kind of behead a rabbit with a shovel. Like it's nothing. Oh. what's happening here um yeah yeah there's there's clearly the sense that they gained like some see there's some secret and what's great is like we have we don't necessarily have a viewer substitute i think shauna's like close to right. a viewer substitute but she reveals herself to be way more violent and way more vulnerable than we give her credit for early on yeah she's uh, not like we don't really feel totally safe around her by the end of the pilot which Mm -hmm. i think is a really interesting choice because then throughout the five episodes that i watched i was sort of like well where do i anchor myself who am i who am i rooting for here Mm -hmm. uh and it's a hard question to answer and i don't think the show wants you to feel comfortable in that way with anybody and you also have the scene uh where she kisses jackie's boyfriend so that she can feel better about herself in the pilot that's more than kiss the boyfriend. Right. I mean, she does. She does uh, uh, yeah. They, they do have a whole sex. And they have one Jackie, entire sex in the car. Jackie thinks that he is a virgin and that they're going to have sex with each other for the first time. And uh, that's. It's such a good mystery reveal. And again, yeah. I should say thing for people who want to watch this show, like there's sex talk. There's like teenagers engaging in sex talk. Like just if that's something that makes you feel weird again. They, yeah. Nothing is like all that. You're not really like seeing stuff or it being racy or anything, but there definitely is, yeah, scenes where that's happening or conversations or whatever. So, so Mm -hmm. but like the um, shot and chaser of Jackie being like, oh, he's, you know, he's a virgin. And Sean is the one who goes, are you sure? And then like many minutes later, you realize, oh, she's saying that because (laughs) she's the reason he's not. Oh my God. Yep. And then we go to the future and they're married now. They're married. Oh, okay. I see. I see. There are moment after moment in the show. I think it's actually my favorite thing about about Yellow Jacket so far is where a little moment like that like zooms out and makes and reframes the way you've thought about everything so far. Yeah, definitely. 
Because then you're like, oh, of course their daughter sucks because they're like they they don't raise her super well and like she's this young kid who they just say gave a phone and like that's why you know she has problems with Jackie in the past and and then on the when they're you know like it's just like it loops yeah. in your head, right? It's right. super satisfying in that way and constantly makes you like I think the show would be really cool on a rewatch and especially this pilot, um, when you know more about it. But uh, the episode ends with the the plane starting to crash and Shauna was given a Valium by Jackie so she's like on Valium and so we get her perspective. Of like being zonked out as a plane is crashing, which, oof, intense. So should we talk more broadly about the first five episodes and what we're pulling out of that and where we think the season's going or where we want it to go? Yeah, I think I think the pilot gives you a really good spectrum of the content of the show. Like you're gonna see teens fighting and like getting engaging in like romance and sex stuff, but not explicitly. You're gonna see a, a little a good amount of violence and like blood and gore. Um, mm. But also there's like a lightness to all of it. And then we can zoom out a little bit more because Magellan and I watched uh, episodes one through five. What's what's the first half of the season got you thinking? What do you feel right now? Besides Misty's the best character on this goddamn show and I'll protect her with my life. We stand a sociopath. The Misty stuff is fucking awesome. It's, it's so, so good. good. I don't know. It In some ways, they're sort of taking like character tropes that are particular that are typically ascribed to male characters, but with a lot more sympathy and like, like Misty, for example, is sort of in the breakfast club or something. It's like, Oh guys, you know, I'm the dirty guy and uh, well, stop bullying me or whatever. And other stories stop there. Right. But Mm -hmm. in this, it's like, yeah, Misty is like kind of, dorky or nerdy or whatever and she gets bullied and that sucks and it makes her really cruel and manipulative and like she now does everything she possibly can to force people to depend on her even if it means destroying the like communications box of the plane to strand her and everybody in the woods for 19 months because it means that people need her that was the moment dude yeah it like takes it takes these character flaws to their logical extreme in a way that makes you think like, yeah, wait, why, why, why do shows and movies always depict these characters as like totally innocent or whatever? Or like Shauna is a similar character of like, yeah, my best friend, she's a popular girl and she's kind of mean to me sometimes, I guess. And her boyfriend's really hot, which is why I fucked him in the car and, <laughs> <laughs> and made him and made him say he loves me. Whoa. Yeah, um, to, to episode yeah. two, episode two especially, I was like, the the Misty breaking the emergency box thing was where I was like, oh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. supposed to like and appreciate everyone as like wholesome good people. Lorelei's the only yeah. truly good character, and maybe not even into the end of the season. Maybe she'll do something. Yeah, uh, I think she said like around there around the fire that she said the c word, and everyone makes fun of her. Like she said it in her head about yeah. somebody that's the worst thing she's ever done but like these are yeah these are not and it's it's really refreshing that like we're in 2022 now and the young women characters can be like wholeheartedly awful and we're not doing the breaking bad thing but we're, where we're like oh but you still love them right it's like well i think we're past that i think we've grown past <laughs> yeah. that yeah can it, enjoy it, the show without that right it it's it's cool to see to see these yeah, young women characters be evil and awful and also to, like, be purely joyful, too. Like, that scene where they're all around the fire that you mentioned and they're just confessing things and laughing. 
It's a, it's a nice scene or like when they have the seance a few episodes later and it's kind of funny at first and they're just like teenagers who are giggling at a sleepover or whatever. It's, I think, a great mix of tones and scenes that are presenting these characters in the full range of their humanity for for good and for bad. Um, and that's something to admire about about the show. And it just like continues to unfold that for you as you go through it, um, which is really fun. I wrote in my notes that the show, like like you said, has the opposite pacing of Lost, where I wanted more on the island and less in the present. I feel like mm-hmm. that that take though changed epi- changed episode to episode, um, mm. because there are moments in the 2021 plot where I was like, I want way more of this, and there are moments where I was like, I never want to see Taisa talk to another politician ever again. I don't care about <laughs> any of this. Stop doing this. Yeah, I th- I think. Um... For me, my favorite stuff was Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis hanging out in the future and like being on a road trip uh, together and like their chemistry was really fun. And then the island stuff, I or not the island stuff, but like them being stranded, I, I liked seeing that because it helped me to understand the present day characters. Like to me, the present day characters are the characters, right? Like that's kind of where the core is for me. Mm-hmm. And everything I liked about the past stuff was interesting because it helped me to understand the present characters better. And then there was a bunch of stuff that happened in the present that I'm like, this is stupid. All the Adam stuff, no thanks. So you're not a fan of Adam? You're not a fan of this like weird? No, no. You rear end a guy and he's like, by the way, I am very suave and uh, I have a cool tattoo. And actually, I'm an artist and I work at, at a car shop and uh, I saw a meeting you at the hotel to do an accent with you uh, or whatever. You're in the FBI. Let's make out. It's like okay. whenever. Uh, yeah. Whenever a character says like, I'm use- I-, I-, I didn't want to use a cheesy pickup line on you. And then and then they just do a cheesy pickup line. That's the worst thing in the world, dude. That's <laughs> when he's like. Yeah. You know, when he first meets her and he's like, I didn't want to like do a cheesy thing. So I just like said what you wanted me to say. And it's like, can you just be a real person for five minutes and stop being he's so self-aware that he's in this plot? Um, Yeah. Which leads me to my first theory. Um, Again, we've only watched one through five. So if people have watched more, don't tell us yet. I'm going to try to finish Mm -hmm. the season. But he's definitely up to something. He's definitely up to something. I hope so. There's got to be more, right? If there isn't more, I'll be so disappointed. Yeah. There's a lot of plots in this where I'm like, if there isn't more to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be super bummed. Like if Taisa's son, Sammy, isn't like spiritually connected to whatever weird shit that they're doing in um oh, that in the present. So creepy. It is creepy. It's very like good horror movie stuff though, where he sees like yeah. an evil woman in the woods and he covers his windows and she's like, With Honey, why don't you drawings. see that? Yeah. And it's also like where I get another thing that Yellow Jackets does as well is it blends horror with like the real horrors of being a parent and being a teenager mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because she's also trying to figure out like how to reprimand your son in a way that's not mean in a way that doesn't like isolate him even more because she's right. like looking at her wife like uh, I just yelled at him but he also like you know threatened me so I had to yell at him yeah. like how do I do that yeah. Um, Similarly, there's like a really long running joke, I think, in episode five about uh, because all of the girls in the 90s are, uh, you know, living together for extended periods, their periods have synced up. Mm-hmm. And so the like two men, the two boys that are here 
have to like accept that like all of these women are on their periods and all of them are like you know <laughs> like this is all happening at the same point and they have to like accept that these are women who are becoming adults and uh-huh. like the shared again just like shared trauma of 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 everything while having a growing up story because like mm-hmm. you don't get it you don't get that again you don't get 16 year olds talking about their periods in a way that feels like honest and just true to to the experience of it uh right in your average like teen drama yeah and it it that is an example of the show like being interested in thinking about things that would really happen and like what are the ramifications of that like what what would it be like if a bunch of girls were stranded in the woods they'd probably get their periods at the same time okay and then what okay well they'd probably do this and then this what if the coach you know injured his leg and someone had to chop it off and then he had to go to the woods and take a shit well then probably misty would start singing breakfast at tiffany's to try to ease things uh, over that makes sense legend (laughs) one of the best scenes in the thing um by the way shauna's pregnant right yeah Shauna yeah. in the in the past, you mean? Yeah, right. With what's his face? With, yeah, uh, with Jeff, which is why <laughs> so, they get married. It's, and she's pregnant with the daughter that they raised together. Oh, it's yeah. If, if that timing works out, yeah. I think yeah. I, I believe it does. Um, um yeah. So, or yeah. or alternate theory is the kid with Adam because she also sleeps what? with Adam. No, wait, oh, sorry, that doesn't line up in the slightest because she's <laughs> Adam in the present. Yeah, sorry. That doesn't my, make any my, sense. My brain uh loops for a second there. I have my own yellow jackets yeah. loop. Yeah. Um no, yeah, I, I think it's that. And the way that she like puts her like pads in, in blood or whatever, in like cow's blood to hide it. Right. To, but Taisa yeah, just sees it. She's like, You're not sneaky. Like, are you yeah. pregnant? Congrats. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, there's so m- every episode ends with one of those who are like, oh geez. Oh, this right. is a whole can of right. worms, isn't it? Right. And it became the sort of show where as soon as in the present day she was in the rave, Halloween rave thing with yeah. Adam, I was like, her daughter's going to be here. And then her daughter was <laughs> there. And then the show had this really sweet, empathetic, empathetic mother-daughter scene between the two of yeah. them. And I was like, yep. okay, Yellow Jackets. I didn't expect that. And then the next morning, her daughter was like, now I have dirt on you and you have to let me do whatever I want. And Shauna's like, here's the thing. I'm going to fuck up your whole life. She, she, becomes, <laughs> she becomes Liam Neeson and Taken. It's like you watching her daughter realize, I have no idea who my mother is. Yeah, She is like an evil mastermind. Yep. And I'm so scared to live in this house with her. And then the move where Shauna's like, Honey, your daughter has something to say to you because she was going to tell the dad that she saw mom with some other guy. And she was like, yeah, I was out late when I shouldn't have been. Okay, bye. It That scene was was pretty a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> I think a lot can be said about the the work done by the, the cast. Um, and Melanie Linsky, who plays adult Shauna, is just like the picture of normal American mom. Like she just has that vibe to the extreme in the way that they do her hair and her makeup is like she's a normal looking American mom and she is anything but that. She can yeah. kill a rabbit like it's nothing and talk about it. Uh, she is like right. she very... tells her family, "Yeah, I killed a rabbit in the backyard, and that's what you're eating right now." And they're like, "Mom, honey, that's come on. so funny. That's so <laughs> weird." And then the husband's like, "You didn't really do that," and she's like, 
Uh, no, I was just kidding. Yeah. Um, but she's yeah, she's anything but that like standard American mom, and and you're watching yeah. her her family realize that. Uh, I think that's where my favorite comedy stuff in the in the series comes from. It's mm-hmm. like the you know, the, uh, speaking of the show being comfortable talking about sex, like her and Jeff's weird thick couples therapy role play thing. He's like, yeah, I want to have this fantasy where you like come to my place and then we like do stuff on the bed, and she just can't do it, and it's so real. Like these are actors pretending to be yeah. bad at acting, basically. Right. It's one of She's my like favorite. Doing scenes. a British accent for some reason. Yeah. And and you were saying earlier like how you kind of start to tune in over time with where the like basically the way that to to guess what's going to happen in a scene in yellow jackets is okay here's a scene what's the worst possible thing that can happen <laughs> right now? and that's what happens that's yeah. what's going to happen so yeah. like but on the on the on the positive side you watch that scene where the role play goes badly and you know there's going to be a scene where it goes well later and then it does right. and you're like this is satisfying to me yeah and then you're like okay so when's the other shoe going to drop and then he's having an affair or something <laughs> So, yeah. And she's, you know, a go-getter. And so she's like, I'm going to look into this. And ugh. Um, we haven't talked much, much besides uh, our overall love for, but let's really dig into um, Nat and Misty's wild, yeah. toxic, toxic road trip adventure. Uh-huh. I felt like the show <laughs> got to this point really quickly with them. And yeah. I think that is the point because Misty, like, sabotaged Natalie's car so that this could happen like she wanted a road trip episode and what they got was like we went there and she's like i brought out do you like what'd she say like you like podcasts or 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 show show tunes tunes. Uh and you know natalie's like i want to (laughs) die because that's that's what i want um and they get there and they they, because one of the things that they're doing is they're looking for travis who natalie like kept up a relationship with um after their time in the wilderness and so she heard that he was in this house. They go to the house. It's empty. They break into it like it's absolutely nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. Get put in jail. And then uh, Natalie uses, or not Natalie, Misty uses like Natalie's identity to like convince a cop who used to be to go to their high school uh, mm-hmm. to get them out. And they yeah. basically just wrap that, proceed to wrap that cop around their finger as they like investigate. Because what they find out is that the that Travis was either committed suicide or was more likely killed in some way. Yeah. And there's this like symbol that's recurring that seems it looks to be like related. a woman. Yeah. So something's happening. They've got, they've all gotten postcards with the symbol on it. Uh, there were sim- that symbol in the past in episode five, when they do the seance and they like summon a demon or uh. something. So there's like a supernatural thing that we haven't seen very much of but that's a, that's something i don't how do you feel about that do you do you want that or need that supernatural stuff uh it's where lost got dumb right is when it started getting supernatural and mm. game got to and it tried it that show tried to explain a lot of it with like wacky science um Mm-hmm. But in this, it's straight up like I I saw Lottie in episode one, and I was like, she's gonna be a character who doesn't get any development, and then suddenly does. Like maybe we'll get a whole episode about her, and I feel like yeah. we're still going to get an episode about her. But so I'm far, what we with Lottie because like we see her go off her meds or something, and then it's like yeah. and now she's a demon possessed, whatever. Like come on. exactly, and it's like ah uh, to answer your question though, no, I don't think they needed demon possession i think they do need an a to b to c though to get them to cannibalism but like 
I don't know, 19 months, you can only find so much food. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, I get it. I don't want to say that. But yeah. they need an inciting, serious, traumatic event or thing where they feel powerless to get there. And so I understand as a writing team where you're like, yeah, they need to see something that makes them, like, question their safety. Yeah. And that's why they do stuff like that and do, like, ritualistic stuff in the in the future or whatever. Yeah, and it also seems to be the source of some kind of peril in the present, right? Which I guess right. is, like, we need a reason for them all to be seeing each other again and intersecting. Uh, and it's, like, a, not enough of a thing that Thais is running for state senate and is essentially doing like a smear research on herself to make sure that none of this stuff will show up by hiring the woman who we think is a reporter and is actually like working for Thaisa, um, which is an interesting idea and gives us a reason for the characters to come together, but isn't in and of itself enough of a reason to see the the present day. Um, so, yeah, I get it. But that that I'm like kind of the least interested in. Like, Same. was that a demon or something? Um, I am interested in seeing, like, okay, who did we eat and why are we eating them? It's got to be Jackie, right? It's got to be. Thank you. Thank you. It's got to be Jackie. And that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. But it's such a good pair, like, uh, you know, loop around from the pilot where it's like, Jackie, you got to be the leader of all these girls and you have to, like, inspire them. And then their fucking tragic <laughs> ending. <laughs> yeah, is that they consume yeah. her body. Right. Oh, God. I really. That's my big bet. If they surprise me with that, I'll be impressed. Um, it the only reason I wouldn't think it's her is because it's like so yes obvious that it's her is there something to be gained from it not being her but I agree we'll see. I still think another big thing we're gonna get is we're gonna see one more person in the present who we still haven't seen yet like that'll yeah, be their one of their that. last twists is like hey it's me La uh, Laura I want to see Laura Lee oh that'd <laughs> be super good she's <laughs> just like yeah fuckers I I survived yeah um I think yeah a, another big shout out to Juliet Lewis as Natalie playing this like really really tough character both in the past and the present of like I'm vulnerable because of my like really difficult family life she's basically Kim Kelly from Freaks and Geeks but a little mm -hmm. bit a lot more serious um because that's just the nature of this show and mm -hmm. I think that Sophie Thatcher plays her really well because it's like okay how does a character like that end up on the soccer team like why would a character like that just be on the soccer like what what brings them there is it their desire to like their competitive nature is it you know just something about their personality because she doesn't seem like a team player at first but what we learned very quickly is she just has certain skills that everyone else doesn't have and mm -hmm. sometimes being on a soccer team or being a team of girls in the wilderness doesn't mean working together well but it just means having a like sum of skills for example natalie's really good with a fucking rifle mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and she, they do the classic thing that all of these like wilderness survival shows have to do where we must introduce a gun. Uh, and the coach is like, Hey, so there's this gun. Somebody learned how to shoot. And it becomes this opportunity for teen Natalie and teen Travis to develop a sort of cute relationship to the side of the rest of the plot. Cause nobody else likes talking to them. Um, where they hate each other at first. It's like a classic enemies to lovers trope, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but then we jump to the present and, uh, Natalie, Juliet Lewis, Natalie is like really, really, really bitter about everything. And like, 
seems to just have a lot of like anger and spite and she's the mean girl that everybody likes and she mm-hmm. knows how to handle a gun and she knows how to break she breaks into Travis's house like it's nothing like she wraps her hand in a cloth like it's nothing cuz she's done that before yeah. um she's playing that like cool badass lady character and mm-hmm. i think it's a cool it's like that's a good range for Juliette Lewis i think she's always had that like tougher than you personality that she gives mm-hmm. across in her roles mm-hmm. um but also she's like actually engaged in the mystery and mm-hmm. being as manipulative as Misty is because she's not ign- ignorant to the fact that Misty in the past and the present is lying to her. Uh, right. And I, I wonder if at this point, I'm almost certain at this point that everybody knows that Misty broke the box. Do you think so? Like in the I present? I don't know because wouldn't you hate her more than this? Like I it, Natalie is calling her a lot of names and in Natalie's phone, Misty's listed as don't pick up, which is a pretty <laughs> funny detail. Yeah. Um, and like episode five ends with Natalie meeting with Thaisa is there, I yeah. think. And maybe Sean is there too. I don't remember. And they're, they're talking about Misty behind her back. And we know that because Missy has put a secret camera in like a gift that she gave Natalie to spy on her. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of don't think they know, but also I don't see what the show would gain by her revealing that to them later. It almost seems like a more impactful reveal if we see it revealed in the past as yes. opposed to in the present. That's how um, I feel is that they're yeah. going to like late season have them talk to her about it and have to work through it because it's like, well, because it's it's just it's it's what's narratively convenient about a survival show is like, OK, we're going to fight forever. And we hate each other, but we also are the only humans we have. So, yeah, we're stuck here and we have to deal with it. Right. Like you shouldn't have to keep Coach Ben in this show. But he just survives through sheer hmm. toxicity from Misty and the fact that like you know, the guy who lost his leg on the plane could have very easily been left behind. Or like one of my other favorite examples uh, was that, uh, what's her name? Van, Vanessa. Yeah. The first thing that they do when the plane is crashing is Jackie's like, you need to leave her behind. I'm sorry, but the fire is catching up to her. We're going to leave her behind to, to Shauna. And she survives. And it's like, all right, well, I'm on the, I'm on the, in the woods <laughs> with you now. Like yeah. deal with right. it. You le- literally let me die. Yeah. And then Jackie saves Van later and she's like, okay, so now we're cool. Right. And it's like, you don't get to, you don't get to decide that. I no. still hate you forever. Like it just yeah. doesn't, I want to see more of Vanessa. I think is something I really want yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, and she, yeah, like, cause the Vanessa Thaisa relationship in the past is really interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously Thaisa is not with her anymore. So what, what happened there? That's I think Vanessa makes I'm it. Curious about. You think so? Yes. Hmm. I hope so. Uh, if they get rid of her, I'll be really sad. I, did you want to say something about the coach? By the way, I like mentioned him and then jumped past him. Oh, just you were saying he was surviving based off of Misty's toxicity, but also Misty is like keeping him sickly with actual toxins in his teeth so (laughs) (laughs) it's seeing the relationship that uh, i 
the interplay between the past and the present is so good in this show because the our introduction to Misty in the present is her she's a nurse at at like an assisted living facility or something like that and there's a woman in bed who's refusing to eat and so Misty essentially says like oh it seems like the morphine is messing with your appetite so I'm not going to give you morphine this time and then she leans in and she says don't fuck with me and oh. you're like oh my god and so the whole time you're seeing her in the past you're like okay she's this sort of kind of dorky sweet girl for all intents and purposes but at some point she becomes adult misty and we're gonna see that happen yeah and so then to watch her like start to become that adult self with the coach poisoning him and like trying to forcibly give him stockholm syndrome essentially is it's a lot and it's a really interesting character dynamic and to see him sort of start to cope with it by being like, Oh um, yeah, I, I'm totally in love with you and let's keep it. A I secret. mean to you because I love you back. Yeah. Does this work? Is, is this going to get you to stop poisoning me? <laughs> it's like, Holy shit. This is really scary. Right. Um, right. But, right. Everybody. I, I think I used to know the term as Munchausen syndrome, but it sounds like nowadays it's called factitious disorder imposed on another which is when you make somebody sick to, with the intent of deceiving others, which is mm. ostensibly what Misty is doing to uh, to Coach Ben. Um, mm. Because, yeah, she wants to feel important. She wants to feel useful. And, like, that's an empathy line I can't cross. And that's where I think the show mm. doesn't lose yeah. me, but it sets a, it draws a line. And it says, we don't need you to empathize with these characters, but we want you to experience and, and be concerned for their their future and see how they get to their, you know, the 2021 story. Right. I think it, it wants you to empathize in the sense where it's like we want you to understand the logical sequence of events that leads a person to be who they are. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean you have to like them uh, or even think that they have redeeming qualities or whatever, but you can clearly understand how Shauna became the person who beheads a rabbit in her yard and tells her daughter like i'm gonna make your life living hell or whatever she says to her it's like oh yeah okay i saw but, all the inciting events that make that make sense but it also the show implies that there was something in all of them that was they were capable of this stuff taisa right, was before was, oh, they even got to the to be stranded yeah Precisely. Tysa was capable of violence. She was willing to to hurt a girl. She didn't mean to break her leg, but she was willing to like trip this girl up to, you know, get her off right. the, the, that position of the team. Uh Shauna was willing to sleep with Jackie's boyfriend multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh and Misty was willing to uh literally sabotage the box. Quote Play-Doh or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And that part. Well what I think is funny is like her you don't ever need to feel justified. And be like, okay, I understand why Misty is the way she is. Because the only thing that happens to her is she's bullied on the phone. And yes, we understand it's it's happened a lot. And yeah, we know that like bully bullying is a traumatic experience, being bullied. But not to the point where you become Misty just like that. It's not just like she was bullied into being a sociopath. That's not there's more to Misty than just like people were mean to me and so I hate people or people need I like when people need me. Um mm -hmm. so that's something I'm really curious, like where the where the show lands with Misty 
He's like, how much do they want me to understand her story versus just like enjoy the chaos of what she's done to people? I, I think the sort of last thing I have on like seeing the present and the past side by side is seeing that you have the knowledge that like these are characters who have chosen the like worse path over and over and over again uh, right. to get to this point. Like seeing Misty sabotage Natalie's car and then Natalie be like, I knew you sabotaged my car. And Misty's like, well, you weren't going to take me otherwise. You know that Misty has spent decades of her life making the kinds of choices that started with smashing the box when they were stranded. Um, or seeing Thais at the moment where Thais is talking to her wife. She's realizing, like, I'm spending so much energy on the campaign and it's like having a really negative impact on the family and our son. So I'm just going to drop out. And then she calls this press conference. Oh God. And at the press conference, she does this like stunt where she reveals this graffiti that is on the side of their house that says uh, like talk or whatever it said. I can't remember what it said. Spill. It's in blood. It said spill, and it was in yeah. red paint, yeah. Um, and she turns that into this prop for, like, this rousing speech of, like, uh, nothing's going to make me quit this race. And you're staring at her the way that her wife is staring at her, and you're like, oh, my God. Who are you? Exactly. What, it's what, yeah. what is happening? You are, like, the person who tripped that girl on the soccer field as a whole person. It, yeah. You're not even, like young Thaisa made a mistake, you're like the mistake became who Thaisa is now. And it's really like frightening to to see that. Right. The truth of what happened to them in the wilderness is they leaned more into their worst qualities that were yeah. already present. As Shauna's daughter says, mom, you're so not fine. Do you think I can't see that? Yeah. Owned. <laughs> Gen Z ownage. <laughs> um, I think that stuff's all incredible. I think that, uh, yeah, I'm really curious to see where like Shauna and Natalie's story goes and Thaisa, like all the present day stuff. I'm now much more engaged in than I was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And okay. in terms of the past, I just want to see like, how do we get to cannibalism? Like what gets us there? Yep. It's my main question. And now we have this house that's like haunted. We probably have to leave it, uh, which means we're not going to have shelter anymore. And that's, and then it's going to get cold, you know, a lot of stuff can still happen in the second half of the season, but I, I'm invested. Um, yeah. I'll say that I'm interested in finishing out the season. Uh, yeah, on my I'm own time. Watch more of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's to loop back though to our original question of of Hey, chats, sh uh, should I watch? Um, do you want? Are you already subscribed to Showtime? Uh, right. Majel, would you recommend that somebody subscribe to Showtime for Yellow Jackets? Just for Yellow Jackets? No. I think there's a good amount of stuff on Showtime. We got Twin Peaks: The Return, obviously. If you're following up with our main se main uh, series, yeah, uh, there's the Dexter reboot. If you're a Dexter person, there's Billions. If you're a Paul Giamatti person, which we are, we are, which we are, we are, we are, we are. Um, but yeah, if you're just like, I really keep hearing people talk about Yellow Jackets. The truth is, and this will be something that we come back to a lot on Should You Watch. Uh, you should watch a show because you're interested in it, not because it's the popular show. Uh, because people I mean, are going to forget a, about Yellow Jackets in like a minute. Yeah, get a trial to yeah. Showtime and watch 
yellow jackets if you want to do that. Um, and that that's that should be quick because it's only eleven episodes. You can finish those in a month. True, it's definitely finishable in a trial period. I think they're going to do a second season, which bums me out just because it means that the past plotline isn't going to end in this season. Yeah, I've I've heard this season's finale is like, ah, okay, there's going to be another season. Gotcha. Right, right. So I hope we get some big questions answered and they don't just pull us along too hard, but I know that they probably will in some ways. Yeah. Uh, And I hope that the show... Yeah, it seems like it's already found its groove. Like, the truth is, like, getting to episode five made me go, oh, yeah, most shows find their groove by this point. Like, it knows what it wants to be. It knows how to get there and, and all that. So, mm-hmm. interesting little series. I'm glad uh, we got to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Overall, I think that Yellow Jackets on Showtime gets the seal of approval from Chats of Television Podcast. Um, you should watch Yellow Jackets. If anything we've said on this episode specifically sounds interesting... And the caveats up top about the violence and the content of it uh, doesn't put you off too much. Um, I think it's really fun. It's not light. Like I said, it's not remarkable. It's not the best show ever made, but it's really, really freaking good. It's it's good at mm-hmm. what it's trying to do. Yeah. Okay. So thumbs up. Thanks for listening to Chat Should I Watch? Did you watch? Did you watch? If you have suggestions for currently running shows that are in the zeitgeist that you're like, Hey, should I watch? <laughs> you want to know the answer to the question? Let us know. Email us at chatspot at gmail.com and we will put it on the docket. Uh, we have some ideas for things we want to talk about, but we would always love to prioritize specific requests from people who listen to the show and want to hear our opinion on stuff. So, yeah. And then if you're not already supporting us on Patreon, please consider doing so. Chatspod, patreon.com slash chatspod. Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you. We'll see you here on the main feed for some more Peaks chats. Come to you real soon. Thanks, everybody, and keep on watching. So, Alan, I, I bought a CD player the other day. Oh, nice. And thank you. And I uh, went to Barnes & Noble, got some CDs on sale, and one of them was the College Dropout, you know, Kanye West. There's a song on College Dropout, Never Let Me Down, where Jay-Z's on there, and then you get a spoken word piece from Jay Ivy, and then you think the song's over, and then Jay-Z does another verse, and Kanye's like, oh, yeah, we're not finished. And that's kind of what's happening right now on this episode of <laughs> Should You Watch? Uh, this is the extra Jay Z verse at the end of that at the end of it, because we actually finished season one of Yellow Jackets, and uh, we can't not talk about it. I mean, yeah. so much stuff happened. I ate Misty's po- uh, fentanyl laced chocolate. I couldn't stop <laughs> eating. I was so hungry. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. I, I'm sorry. I said I would just watch <laughs> five. Well, no, truthfully, I said I was gonna watch as like all of it. And then when we got to the first recording day, I had only watched five because I like was busy. And then mm-hmm. you, Same. as the minute we finished it, we're like, I'm going to go watch episode six and then seven. And then, oh, God, Alan, I'm done. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched six and seven that night, didn't I? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So you just finished it today. Literally, uh, at, like two hours ago. Yep. What uh, what's going on in in your brain? A mix of elation at the high highs and a deep, like fundamental disappointment at their choice to make a season two. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I think the biggest thing was for me that like so many of our guesses listening back um, are hilarious. How mm-hmm. completely wrong we were because the show, you know, this is like such a good like example of what makes this this new podcast idea good is modern TV like is ultra aware of your expectations um, right. and who you think is going to die and what you think is really going on. And it knows what TV you've seen before. And Yellow Jackets, every single time you do that, is like, come on, really? That doesn't make any sense. It's actually this. <laughs> You're dumb for thinking that. And I'm like, I guess. Yeah. but And every single little tiny guess I had was was proven wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Except also I thought that the show would end, which is my ultimate failed guess here. Uh-huh. So should people watch Yellow Jackets season one after having watched the whole thing? You should now be aware, based on what we've now seen, um, that you're committing to a larger more than 10 episodes uh if you're yeah. choosing to watch this show like i have yeah. to now watch season two come on at least a little bit of it right um right. did you feel how did you feel um yeah i will just say right now we're now in the zone where we're gonna spoil uh the whole first season so if you don't want that to happen you know stop listening but if you don't care then keep listening i thought that so episode six was tons of stuff happened i was like i can't believe we didn't record after this one uh and then six through nine there's like you're saying there are these twists and swerves where the show it felt like all the guesses we made it wasn't just that we were wrong it was that the show purposefully led us to a wrong assumption Mm -hmm. um that would like fit the tropes that we're used to and then they subvert that. And so it's this really interesting journey of like things being built up and then subverted. And then the thing is you have to then end the season. And what makes that hard is like they're building up the 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 conspiracy. Oh, what, what happened to Travis? You know, who's blackmailing them? Blah, 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 blah. And then an episode, what was it, eight or something? Uh, it turns out that Shauna's husband, Jeff, yeah. was blackmailing them. And like, oh, all, <laughs> all of the air gets let out of the balloon before mm-hmm. it pops. And it's hilarious because, of course, it was Jeff. <laughs> that makes complete sense. That's why Shauna didn't get one of the postcards that everybody else got. That's right. why the person knew so much. It's because Jeff was reading her diaries. Um, and but Adam's then, just a dude. And Adam's just a dude. And I, there is a stretch there where I like really loved that because we were talking in the initial part of this episode about how like the past is the past parts of the show are kind of just like the setup or the context for the future part, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. And you have this sense of dread of like, I'm going to learn about all this shitty stuff that happened in the past. And also, uh, there are and but you know that whatever happens in the past the characters survive it because you see them in the future and so then you have this dread of like and something's going to happen in the in the present that i don't know if they're going to make it through it or not and that kind of is like what draws your attention and then in the latter half of the season it goes no 
there's nothing to worry about. These characters just have PTSD. They're just traumatized by their experiences. And so they are like seeing things as being like terrifying when they aren't. Like Shauna, the the scene where Shauna stabs Adam yeah. is inc- an incredible piece of cinema. It's like rapidly cutting between her past experiences when they're stranded. It's putting her younger self in the scene as the one holding the knife. It's like, oh my God, what what a depiction of what led her to that action. And from that point forward, it's like, okay, now I'm really focused on the past because I want to know what it is that created these traumas. And I understand that like, maybe there's nothing to worry about in the future. Maybe like Natalie starts to think Travis was just, you know, haunted and killed himself. And it's an Occam's razor thing of like, it's not more complicated than that. And I was, I was kind of into that. It's like a story like, okay, sure. I, I, I can go with that. Um, and then there's like some fucking conspiracy or something. And, and then a bunch of people in pajamas that have this, a bunch of people in pajamas that have the symbols on them kidnap Natalie before she gets a chance to uh, kill yeah. herself. And it's like, that was the moment where I was like, no, no, Yellow Jackets, you're doing this thing to me. And I wrote to you that like the show is now going, it, it was bullet sprinting towards a story about like recovering from trauma mm-hmm. and it reached it. And now it's running away from it as fast as it possibly can. To not be <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. And it's like, no, that was the show that you had it. You just had it. Right. Why are we going further? Right. Um, and also like the phrase, uh, who the fuck is Lottie Daniels? And I'm like, no, don't. I've wanted so badly. I said it in the episode. I wanted so badly for somebody who we don't know to actually be alive in the present. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I know you wanted that. And what it is is it's related to a cult that has to do with a symbol. And the cult is trying to capture them so that they can't because they're not supposed to die yet because they have fate. And like, I don't know. I this is where the comparisons to Lost continue also, because Mm -hmm. I think lost like didn't even hint at this stuff early on it would just like drop it briefly and be like that was weird anyways and to honestly to be honest with you i would argue it does it better in parts because mm-hmm. it doesn't for example like uh laura lee and her awful awful mm-hmm. death scene which is like borderline comedic um yeah and it bums me out because i really did like her character and it feels like what the show is trying to say is like oh the supernatural stuff is what you really want and we're gonna get there next season and it's like no i didn't want it like i didn't. <laughs> I actually really liked it when it seemed like you were saying that doesn't exist anymore right that was i thought that was the whole point and like yeah. when you know we have the cannibalism sort of damocles hanging over this whole show and then we have uh, uh, Doom coming, which now, mm-hmm. like, talk to me when we recorded on episode five. And I would have been like, what? Doom coming? Excuse me? <laughs> like, we've come a long way to now, like, we're on shrooms. Uh-huh. We're wearing, like, antlers. Like, we're almost at the thing from the pilot. We're, like, halfway there. And then, like, all of the women take Travis and they, like, you know, try to tie him up. And it's almost the cannibalism thing. And I remember texting you live being like, this is it. They're not going to eat Jackie. We thought they were going to eat her. Um, they're going to just eat Travis and then that's going to be the thing done. And then that doesn't happen either. It's like (laughs) the show just doesn't want to give you the thing. And it, and it's, it's so intimately aware that you're like, they're going to eat Jackie. Right. And for Jackie to die the way she does is like pretty smart. Actually. I think that's like ultimately where I land. Well, yeah. Like 
do if you're gonna subvert my expectations, then do it in a way that feels respectful instead of being like, well, she got eaten, but by bears. Like, no, she actually just was shunned for being a horrible, horrible person and froze out in the wilderness. Not even out in the wilderness, like outside the house. Yeah, right outside. Because she was too stubborn to come inside and everybody else was too stubborn to bring her in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it does, though, continue to be really fun with, like, how much it accepts that these people are fundament- are just broken and how much it's, like, entertaining to watch these horrible people be horrible to each other. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, Misty continues to be like a cartoon character uh, Mm -hmm. and like lets that escalate to the degree where she has the reporter from the first episodes like in her tied up in her house. Like it's the movie uh, uh, Misery. Misery. Um, Mm. She's doing a misery thing. She's got this bird and the the reporter is like chill with it. And you're like, what is the world (laughs) of Yellow Jackets? (laughs) She's like, I get tied up all the time. It's not my first rodeo. And she's like, what? So the show really does make you like um, suspend your disbelief to get to this finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious, obviously, where it's going to go. Yeah. But if you're going to get me to uh, Laura Lee's bear spontaneously combusted and that's how she the plane exploded, mm-hmm. then you've like you're, you've now tried to you're attempting to cash a check, basically. Like, OK, you know, that's that has to be some sort of supernatural. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about also. The theories that you've read in the interim and what yeah. people have been suggesting. I, I did a skim of stuff on the Yellow Jackets subreddit. Um, and I can't credit specific posts or people because I don't remember where I got this stuff from, but it's somewhere over there on the subreddit. And one theory I saw that makes sense to me is Lottie started some sort of cult with the girls when they were stranded and that cult has like persisted and grown and that's who's kidnapping Natalie and Lottie's like still out there where they were or something. Yeah. Um, and maybe where we're going to start season two is Natalie wakes up where they were stranded kind of thing. Ooh. Uh, yeah, which seems interesting. So, and maybe Van's a part of the cult, or maybe yeah. Van was the person who was eaten. I I don't know, but that seems to be where we're going. I think Van, Lottie, uh, and Taisa at least um, are the ones we see in the final scene. Um, you know, doing the little ritual. And so there's some suggestion that they're all in some way involved, either involved in a cult or becoming involved, like on the way to becoming involved. Yeah, and and the show has shown us that Misty was involved with the cannibalism scene. Correct. She's in the first the first uh, scene of the uh, the show. show. Yeah. Um, Right. There's a lot of theories that I saw that were just like, oh, Misty's behind it. Like I I was able to safely look up like why does Leonard the teddy bear burn. And everybody was like, it's either Supernatural or Misty did it. There's, like, no mm. other reasonable explanation. And Misty doing it is a pretty boring answer to me. Right. So, like, I guess we just have to accept that. And maybe that's part of what Laura Lee's arc was about. And, like, the comedy, by the way, <laughs> of her, f- her initial flashback of that episode being, like, she hit her gra- head uh, against the floor of a pool because she did a dive and went too far. And a guy, a hot man rescued her as a child. And he was like, 
I didn't save you. He did. And his cross reflects in the sunlight. And it's like, is this Christianity <laughs> to the <this> show? <laughs> is this what I was missing out on as a kid? <laughs> this is wild. Um, yeah. I think my other theories, I, I saw someone saying um, Adam was uh, uh, Travis's younger brother, Javi. <laughs> yeah. Which is like goofy and doesn't make doesn't have to be true. It like doesn't it wouldn't flesh out that the the scene at all if that was the case, but it's believed like the timeline does line up for that. Um yeah, the Adam stuff was so so interesting too. Like you said, just like that's just a dude. <laughs> so what I mean, what are the things that we are wondering going into season two? I feel like it's all stuff that's like plot as opposed to character stuff, which is kind of a bummer to me. Um, yeah, but it's like, what the hell's going on with Thaisa and the altar with the dog in the basement? Oh, that's very hardcore, by the way. Very metal. Yeah, that was. Yeah. What's the deal with Lottie in the present day? What's the how, cannibalism? How how'd that happen? And is there anything else that we're wondering? And like, where Travis? did Natalie get taken to? Yeah. And who killed Travis? Right. Yeah. Oh, or did or is it now are we still going back and forth like did they i think somebody did still i don't like i think if we were to accept that it was um a suicide then like natalie's scene would have ended the way you expected but for them to be like no actually there's more to it like for people to like keep her alive and kidnap her means like there has to be more to the travis mystery so i think that's something and also i'm just like fascinated by jeff callie and uh and shauna's relationship now and how like mind-numbingly toxic that family's life is where like <laughs> jeff and shauna have formed a like much happier re- bond by being like oh we did love each other and there was no cheating happening except shauna actually did with the guy who she killed but she told jeff and mm-hmm. jeff also was like trying to rob her best friend or blackmail her best friend so is this a happy relationship and Callie <laughs> knows all- most of it is the, right. like them eating popcorn at the end she says of course i burned it but i put a bunch of butter and it's like what is this family <laughs> yeah That's and then the adam is on the tv as a missing person and yeah i thought the implication was it's so funny when they see adam and she goes of course i burned it like did you suggest that you <laughs> burned adam's body or something because <laughs> i want to get picked up immediately if that's the case yeah um yeah i think that's the main stuff i think they're gonna i exactly i would bet money that the first shot is either a flashback or it's mm-hmm. Natalie waking up. Uh, yeah. I think either of those would be pretty good. I think we're going to get a lot more flashbacks to people's lives before the crash even. Um, uh. And by the way, speaking of like fun reveals, how good is it that the coach is gay? How perfect is that? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> if we're going to make a whole plot line on the island about like Natalie and Travis like want to have sex, but they can't. And there's like teen drama nonsense. And Jackie wants him just so she can have someone because she finds out about Jeff and Sean. Like what? That sounds like a Degrassi plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have also like the coach in the corner who like when you don't know that the show is clever. And this is one of the, my last big points. Um, when you don't know that the show is going to be clever and subvert your expectations, and early on you hear, um, you know, he gives Travis like a handful of condoms. He's like, "Here's fifty condoms." Uh-huh. All you think is what Travis thinks at the time, which is like, "Wow, Coach really was going to like go wild that weekend," mm-hmm. and it's like, "No, because he's gay, dude." Like, <laughs> hmm. 
he's he, and he has a boyfriend and he was like gonna see him and like stay with him and they were they like have an intimate relationship it's it's there was like hints that you couldn't have possibly guessed when you didn't know that the show was nuanced in that way um, yeah. so i want more of that where i like i i liked being taken on the journey and reassessing what i thought before i think at the end of the day that was like another great thing about this show uh, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't like ever let you down with with when it does offer reveals it's just that it takes a while to get to the good ones mm-hmm. and like I'm happy they answered the Jackie question. If we're gonna like meet Jackie's parents, just the worst family ever, by the way. Yeah, her um, mom was the worst. The absolute worst. And be like, yep, I totally understand why Jackie's the way she is. To have her die in such a sad, but like I think you said like the creators wanted it to be a dignified death. Um, mm-hmm. I really respect that. And also that the even like her post-death um vision is like a dual vision because it's it's implied to be Shauna's dream, but also you could read it as like, that's also what Jackie was thinking. You know, maybe she had like a last second, like the two of them, because they're so connected, like mm-hmm. think very similar thoughts. So maybe both of them were like, oh, everything works out fine. Yeah, I think it was Jackie's Evangelion congratulations moment before she exactly. dies. <laughs> that's what was happening. Also, there was a guy in that fl- in that um, vision. Yeah, in who, the background. Like, isn't in the show apparently he's in the intro someone said Mm, i don't know okay but interesting show it really it really took me for a ride i'm glad i watched it yeah me too any just quick quick hit highlights from the last five episodes uh the dance the choice to include the woman who had her leg broken in the past um still Mm -hmm. be alive and imply that very fun character she gets to do some good accent work and her just like yeah, you had your leg broken and that was super violent, but you also got to avoid being stranded on an island because of that. So, like, you kind of came out good. Yeah, um, but she's, like, claiming this thing as something she went through also, right, even though right. she wasn't there. Yeah, she's, like, not a, a cool person. Um, yeah. The moment where you see Taisa and you realize that she's the woman that her son has been seeing and that he's yeah. not, like... I thought it was, like, some inherited trauma, like, oh, the child... But it, it is. It is that. Mm. But it's inherited because she's still doing this. Yeah. And... The implication that, you know, first of all, love. I'm so happy that Vance arrived. I was, like, so bummed yeah. when I thought she got eaten by wolves. Um, but also, other fan theory, was she actually eaten by wolves? We never see those wolves right. again. Right. Or did somebody attack her? Because is it like the way that Thaisa's son was like, I saw a woman. And maybe Van is like, I saw something in the woods. And maybe what she saw was Thaisa, uh, you know, losing her inhibitions a little bit. Right. Yeah, I think we're going to learn more about that. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I think those those were my big ones. I think that, yeah, the dance scene, more great needle drops. The choice to use Kiss from a Rose Rose for the Doom Coming and for the reunion dance. For the Homecoming reunion dance. Yeah. Slam dunk. Good use of music. Seal, Uh, get your paycheck. Couple great lines. Uh, Welcome to 1996. Our vaginas have like monologues now. Monologues now. now? Yep. Pretty good line. Uh, what? There's no book club. Pretty good line. <laughs> That's the scene. Jeff realizing there's never been a book club, and he's sad about it. Um, that was good. The whole bit where Van's talking about how she wants to go to New York and get a bagel or whatever was nice. And then, did you go get a bagel in New York? No, I should have. No. <laughs> uh, Van believes that Scully is way too good for Mulder. Yep. Yeah. True. Controversial. Uh, controversial, but true. I don't, I don't see any lie there. 
Um, but yeah, just, yeah, good stuff. Entertaining show. I think it's worth a watch, but exactly like you said, you are going to end this first season being like, come on. Okay, fine. I'll wait for season two. So if you don't like that feeling and you've listened to all of this and are still (laughs) trying to decide whether you should watch, you could wait also, I guess, for the second season to come out. Yeah. Um, oh, other amazing line, by the way. Um, after Jackie and, and Travis do it, she turns to him and says, so that was sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's good. That's right. I just like that one. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Jackie, one of the most charismatic characters on the show. Bummed about mm-hmm. it. It's okay. Yeah. I think Yellow Jackets, it's interesting. Should you watch it? Be, be aware. You're, you're watching a, a show that's not done yet. That's the main thing. It's really interesting mm-hmm. and really violent. And it, it knows exactly what you're expecting and rarely gives you the easy answer. Yeah. I think that's what I got. Nice. Well, thanks, folks, for listening to this little addendum here at the end of the episode. And, uh, yeah, whatever we said last time, you can check out our normal episodes in this same place. We're covering Twin Peaks right now on the main feed, and we've got a Patreon over at patreon.com slash chatspod. So that's uh, that's what's up with us. Excellent. And, uh, Excellent. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Keep on watching.